And uh, you're there in John chapter 21. That is our text for tonight. But I'd like you to flip back to John chapter 18, if you would. And we have been going on Sunday nights through this uh, series called The Life of Peter. And uh, we've been going through and looking at the highlights where Peter's life is highlighted in the Gospels. And tonight we are finishing that series. And the life of Peter goes on. In fact, we could continue on through the book of Acts talking more about Peter. But I wanted to end here where his life, basically what, what is told of us, uh, told us of him in the Gospels. And if you remember last week, we uh, saw the denial of Peter. Peter denied Christ, and uh, we saw that he um, got backslidden. And tonight we're going to look at the restoration. And just kind of by way of introduction, I'd like you to notice Peter's failure. And of course, just real quickly, we'll see his denial. If you're there in John 18, look at verse number 25. The Bible says this, And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said therefore unto him, Art art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied and said, I am not. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I just want to read it for you. I preached a whole sermon about this last week. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, saith, Did not I see thee in the garden with thee? Then Peter, uh, Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. So we see Peter's denial, and I want you to notice, after his denial, there was not just a denial, but there was also a uh, departing. And that's what we saw in John 21. If you just flip right back over to John 21... In verse 1, of course, between John 18 and John 21, the Lord Jesus Christ has been crucified, he's been buried, and he is now resurrected. And in verse 1, the Bible says this, after these things, and that these things there are referring to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. This is what we're going to read about in this chapter. One of the times that Jesus shows himself, and it's at the Sea of Tiberias, and the Bible says, and on this wise uh, showed he himself. So John is saying, here's the story, here's what happened, here's the account. Notice verse 2. There were together Simon Peter. Now, if you remember when we started this series with the life of Peter, we talked about the fact that Peter was a leader, or he is a leader. And what makes you a leader is the fact that you influence people. Now, you can be a good leader or a bad leader. You can influence people to good, or you can influence them to bad. And we're going to see that Peter, even here in his backslidden state, is still the leader. He's the influencer. Because notice, the Bible says in verse 2 that they were together, Simon Peter, and then it's going to give us a list of the disciples he's with. Notice, uh, and Thomas. So we know that there's 12 apostles. And I want you to notice how many are mentioned in this verse. We've got Simon Peter, number one. Then the Bible says, and Thomas, called Didymus, number two. And Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, that's number three. And the sons of Zebedee, we know those are James and John, that's four and five. And two other of his disciples that aren't mentioned but uh, by name or uh, alluded to who they are, but we know it's two other disciples, that's six and seven. So again, we've got 12 apostles and we've got seven of them here with Peter. And I want you to notice what Peter says and what Peter does. Verse 3, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. I go a fishing. And I want you to understand that this is 
an impactful statement. This is not, I don't want you to look at this phrase and think, oh yeah, he's just, you know, he's going fishing. Like some of you guys just, you know, I'm going to go fishing and have a good time. When he says, I go a fishing, what Peter is saying is, I'm quitting the ministry and I'm going back to my old life. And I'd like to show this to you. I preached a whole sermon about this earlier in the series, so I'm not going to take the time to develop all of it. You can uh, look at it or listen to those sermons if you'd like. Keep your place there in John 21 and go to Luke chapter 5. Now, when you get to Luke 5, I want you to uh, keep your finger there because we're going to be going back and forth between John 21 and Luke 5 quite a bit tonight. Luke chapter 5. I believe it was the sermon when I talked about uh, the call of Peter where we saw that Peter had been called by Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, follow me. And, and he said that he immediately, uh, straightway, left his nets and followed him. But then we saw another story where uh, Peter is still fishing. Now he's fishing at night, and it's morning time. And Jesus said, hey, no more fishing. I want you to follow me. And then Peter says, well, I'll fish at night. You know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do it uh, not during the day. And then Jesus goes and meets him. And remember, he preaches a great sermon. He asks Peter to launch out into the deep. This is what we're looking at. Luke chapter 5, verse 10, the Bible says, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, and we're going to go back and look at the story a little bit, but I want you to just notice when Jesus called Peter into the ministry, the Bible says, Jesus said unto Simon, fear not. And of course, Simon is Peter. Fear not. He says, from henceforth. He's saying, from now on, thou shalt catch men. Jesus is telling Peter, you're done with fishing, Peter. You're done with this fishing business. I don't want you fishing anymore. He said, I want you from henceforth to catch men. And Peter was supposed to give up fishing. And now that Peter has denied the Lord Jesus Christ, he's actually also departing the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I'm going back to my old life. I'm done with the ministry. I'm done with preaching. I'm done with soul winning. I'm done with this church stuff. He says, I go a fishing. Go back to John 21 if you would. Look at verse 3. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. Now notice, he didn't say, let's go fishing. He said, I go fishing. He says, I quit. I'm done. I failed. I denied. I, I, I got uh, scared. A, a little maid scared me. And I denied the Lord Jesus Christ. But notice Peter's influence. They. You see the word they there? That's six of the apostles. Remember, there's seven of them, in, uh, if you count Peter. And six of the apostles, they say unto him, We also go with thee. And I want you to notice, when Peter quit, he literally took half of the apostles with him. And they say, We quit too. We're done. This whole death, burial, resurrection, I'm not sure what's going on. It's too much. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night, they caught nothing. And I'm not preaching about this tonight, but I want you to notice, whenever you quit on God, whatever you think you're going to go do out in the world and you're going to fulfill, just realize it's a, it will be a failure. That night, the Bible says, they caught nothing. But I want you to notice the Peter's failure. He denied Christ and he departed from Christ. And this is just all by way of introduction, but I also want you to notice Christ's faithfulness. Notice verse 4. But when the morning was now come, Remember, they quit. Peter said, I'm done. Six of the apostles said, we go with thee. But when the morning was now come, notice, Jesus stood on the shore. 
And of course, the Bible says about the Lord Jesus Christ, he's, the Bible says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And here we have Jesus going out to these people, these men. He's invested in them. He's loved them. He spent time with them. He's tried to help them. And they quit on him. They not only quit on him, they quit on him when we would think he needs them the most. When he's being betrayed and persecuted and crucified. They quit. But Jesus stood on the shore, the Bible says. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And it's almost like he's rubbing it in because the word meat means food and they've been fishing all night long and they've caught nothing. And he says, Do you have anything to eat? They answered him, No. And I want you to notice that Jesus begins this conversation with Peter and really with all of the, the rest of these apostles, in an attempt to bring them back, in an attempt to restore them, in an attempt to help them repent and get right with God. And I want you to notice that there are several steps and several things that we see in the story that Jesus does with Peter to help bring him back. And I want you to understand that the reason that this sermon is important for you is because one day, and hopefully not, but someday you may find yourself backslidden. You may find yourself uh, in the place where you've quit on God, where you've quit on church, where you've quit on soul winning, where you've quit on Bible reading, and you said, I'm going back to my old life. I'm going back to fishing. This isn't worth it. This isn't right. And you might find yourself fishing and catching no fish and maybe needing to get right with God. And I want to give you tonight four steps that we see Peter take in order to get right with God. And you say, well, maybe I won't get vaccinated. But maybe you'll know someone who does. Maybe you'll have a friend. Maybe you'll have a, 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 a fellow church member that you can help bring back into the way of the Lord. I want you to notice the steps that were taken here. And I'd encourage you to take notes. In the back of your course of the week, there's a place for you to write down some notes. And uh, I'd encourage you to write these down. Number one, and here's what we're talking about. We're talking about how to get right with God. How to get right. After I've denied, after I've failed, after I've quit, after I'm gone, how do I get right with God? Number one, you, were, you must remember from whence thou art fallen. You must remember from whence thou art fallen. And you might think, well, I don't understand what that means. And I need you to remember where Peter began when he first began to walk with God. In fact, keep your place there in John 21. Let's go back to Luke chapter 5. We were just there and looked at one verse. Let's look at a few more verses together. Do you remember the event that happened when Peter began to follow God? When he began to follow Christ? When he became a disciple and follower of Jesus Christ? Luke chapter 5 and verse 4. I want you to see it. I want you to remember it. Because it's important to the story in John 21. Luke chapter 5 and verse 4. The Bible says this. Now when he had left speaking... Luke chapter 5, this is at the beginning of the ministry of Christ. Now, when he had left speaking, because remember, he just preached. Remember, Jesus goes to Peter and he asks him, can I use your boat for a second? Can you, can you go out into the sea a little bit, into the water, so that I can speak to this crowd? And he used the water as a way to magnify his voice, that they might hear his sermon. And when he had left speaking, when he was done with his sermon, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Now, I'm not going to develop this text. I preach a whole sermon on it already. But I want you to remember, Jesus said, now that you've let me use your ship a little bit, now I want you to let me use your ship a lot of bit. <laughs> Now I want you to do something big for me. 
He said, I want you to launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And again, I'm not going to re-preach the sermon, but I do want you to notice, Jesus said, let down the nets, plural, and uh, Peter decided to let down the net, singular. And when they had, when they had done this, verse 6, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net, singular, break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in other ships, and they, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down. And I want you to notice, when this happened, because here you have Peter, who's a fisherman, and you've got Jesus, who's this uh, 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 spiritual leader, this religious leader, this guy that's going around preaching, and he says, can I use your boat for a minute? Can you uh, go out a little bit into the sea that I might be able to preach to this crowd? And Peter says, sure, I'll let you inconvenience me for a little bit. And then Jesus says, let me inconvenience you a little more. Why don't you launch out into the deep, and why don't you put out, out your nets? And, and Peter says, well, I, I'm not going to listen to you completely. You asked for nets, but I'll let down a net. And isn't that usually how you and I live the Christian life? Where God says, I want all of you. I want a commitment from you. And you say, well, I don't know about Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. How about Sunday morning and every other Wednesday night? I want you to read the Bible every day. Well, how about every other day? I want 10%. How about 6%? And we're always making these deals and these calculations with God. And Jesus is teaching a lesson to Peter. He says, let down the nets. He let down a net, and they brought in a huge drought. So much, the Bible says in verse 7, that they began to sink. And something clicked for Peter that moment. Notice verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. And look, listen to me. When you, when you understand and when you realize who Jesus is, this is the only, this is the only way to respond to him. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the drought of the fishes which they had seen. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Peter, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Here you have Jesus who was a carpenter. Peter, who was a fisherman by trade, he was the professional. He's the one that knew how to fish. And when the carpenter says, just go ahead, we've been fishing all night, we haven't caught anything, just go ahead. Uh, uh, you, you, I already washed the net, just let down the net, I'll let down one net. And then they catch this huge drought. Peter understands, this is more than just a man. When he understood who Jesus was, he fell down at Jesus' Knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And that's where, that's when Peter began to follow Christ. Fast forward three plus years, John 21. Peter has now denied Christ. He's failed Christ. He's departed from Christ and he's left Christ. And I want you to notice what Jesus recreates for Peter. John 21, verse 6. And he said unto them, John 21, verse 6, different story. Jesus has died, been buried, and resurrected. Peter has denied. He even knows Christ and has quit the ministry. They're out fishing. They quit on God. 
I go a fishing. Jesus meets them on the shore in the sea of Tiberias, and he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. Because remember, he asked them, do you have any meat? You're fishing all night. You got anything to eat? Nope. Why don't you cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. And I'm sure at this point, Peter's thinking to himself, this sounds familiar to me. I think I may be having deja vu. I feel like we've done this already. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. Last time this happened, this was Jesus. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was of the Lord, he got his fisher's coat on him, for he was naked. And they cast themselves into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but as it were 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. And it's interesting to me, it's interesting to me, that when Jesus called Peter into the ministry, he performs this great miracle where they put out a net and they bring in a great drop. And then Peter quits on God three plus years later, quits on God, denies Jesus, departs from Jesus, and then Jesus does basically the same miracle again. And you say, well, what was the point of that? I believe that Jesus was trying to get Peter to remember therefore from whence he was fallen. And trying to remind Peter. Do you remember the last time we did this, Peter? Remember the conclusion you came to, Peter? You came to this conclusion. You fell down at my knees and you said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And Jesus is saying to Peter, Nothing's changed, Peter. I'm just as much God and I'm just as much deity and I'm just as much your Savior now as I was then. Go to Revelation chapter 2 if you would. Keep your place there in John 21. Revelation chapter 2, last book in the New Testament. Should be fairly easy to find. Revelation chapter 2. In Revelation chapters 2 and 3, we have Jesus speaking to the seven churches in Asia. And for several of those churches, he's teaching them to get right with God. He's calling them out on sin and telling them to get right with the Lord. And in Revelation 2 and verse 4, I want you to notice what he says to this church, the church at Ephesus. He says, nevertheless, I have someone against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. And by the way, if you are not in love with Christ today as much as you were yesterday, you're backslidden. If you're doing less for Christ today, Peter, than you were doing yesterday, you're not right with God. You've left your first love. He says, nevertheless, I have someone against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. And then in verse 5, he says this, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. You say, Pastor Jimenez, what is the first step to getting right with God? The first step to getting right with God is remembering where you came from. Do you remember when you first got saved? Or do you remember when you first got right with God? Because those terms are not synonymous. You don't necessarily get right with God the day you get saved. Do you remember how sweet it was when you began to read the Bible, when you began to pray? Remember how exciting it was to go soaring? Remember when you used to come to church and everything was new and everything was fresh and you're like, wow, I'm learning so much. And you say, well, something changed. Let me tell you something. The Bible didn't change. Jesus didn't change. God didn't change. I think you changed. And Jesus is reminding Peter, Peter, do you remember? Do you remember what happened when you first began to follow Because you will have to go back there when you begin to follow 
again, so we see these steps. If you go back to John 21, we're going to come back to Revelation, so keep that in mind. But John 21, what are the steps to getting right with God? Well, number one, you must remember from when thou art fallen. Jesus does this in a very creative way. He recreates the miracle that he used to call Peter in order to recall Peter into the ministry. And you need to remember, and I need to remember how it was when we first got saved, when we first got right, when we first started to serve the Lord. But there's a second step. Not only must you remember from whence thou art fallen, but you must resolve what you truly love. So what do you mean by that? The word resolve means make a decision. You need to make a choice. You need to decide what is it that you, you truly love. You must resolve in your heart what is it that actually matters to me. And I want you to notice that Jesus brings Peter to that decision. Notice verse 12, John 21 and verse 12. They brought in the net with the fishes. He's recreated this miracle. And in verse 12, the Bible says this, Jesus saith unto them, come and dine. And none of his disciples durst ask him, who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. And I want you to understand, I want you to understand this. They have been caught red-handed. It's like when you catch your, your children and their hands in the cookie jar. They were told, no more fishing. Henceforth, thou shalt catch men. No more fishing. You're done with fishing. Leave the fishing. Leave it to your parents. Leave it to uh, your father, uh, your sons of Zebedee. You need to straightway leave it. You're not going to do that anymore. Jesus dies, resurrects, comes back, and he finds them fishing. (laughs) He finds them doing what he told them not to do. And they're like, uh, he's like, come and dine. You know that sin? You know that sin will destroy your fellowship with Christ? I stand at the door and knock, he says. I want a fellowship. Jesus says, I want a fellowship with you. I hope you'll make a place. I hope you'll choose a place. I hope you'll get a plan. I hope you'll make an appointment for you and I to fellowship. And the reason we choose not to accept the invitation to come and dine is because of sin. Jesus forces the matter. He says, come and dine. And none of his disciples dared ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Verse 13. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. And I think it's just funny. If you, if you look at the passage, they went fishing all night, caught nothing. Jesus shows up and says, do you have anything? I mean, I told you to quit fishing, but you decided to go do it anyway. So do you have anything to eat? Children, have you any meat? They said, no. He says, he gives them a fishing tip, says, why don't you try that side? Brings in a huge net of fish. They bring it onto the shore and then he's got fish already cooking. <laughs> On the beach. Verse 13, Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas. And I want you to notice this question that he asks. He says, Lovest thou me more than these? Now, if you've grown up in church or church world, you might be aware that in John 21, this little conversation between Jesus and Peter, there's a lot of controversy for those who like to go back to the Greek. And they'll talk about, well, the Greek word here is used, um, and the word love here is mentioned several times, and it's used as agape in one, and as phileo in another one, and they have these different meanings and these things, and I'm just here to tell you, none of that is true. All that is false. Those Greek uh, words are used interchangeably throughout the Bible. 
There's nothing there. It's just people. Look, whenever people try to go back to the Greek, they're just trying to trick you into thinking that they are smarter than they really are. And I just want you to, if, if you've got that idea, I just want to let you know that there's nothing in the text that says anything of that. Because they'll say, oh, well, uh, uh, agape is a real love, and phileo is like a friend love, and Jesus is like trying to get him to commit to real love, and he only commits to fake love. None of that is real. And by the way, you can't get that from the English text, and our King James Bible is perfect. It, it, you, the only way to get that is to know Greek, and God does not expect you to know Greek. He's inspired and preserved his word. And you can read it in the King James Bible. So you say, well, then what's going on here? What's going on here is exactly what Jesus is saying. Notice verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And you say, what are these? Well, I, I think that Jesus is standing up and he's saying, Simon, lovest thou me more than these? Who are the these? The people there? Who are the these? The fish? Who are the these? His life? Jesus is saying, do you love me more than you love fishing? Do you love me more than you love your little backslidden friends here? Do you love me more than you love your old life? He says, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. And again, the wording here is telling you, Peter, you're doing the wrong thing. I, I made you a pastor. Remember that? An elder? You got a different career now. You're in the ministry now. I want you to feed my lambs. Verse 16, he saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. And here's all I'm telling you. If you're going to get right with God, if you're ever going to get right with God, you're going to not only have to remember from whence thou art fallen, but you're going to have to make a resolution as to what it is that you love. You don't have to turn there, but in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, I read this for you last week. The Bible says this, For Demas, Paul said this, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. The Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. The Bible says, look, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the, pride, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And here's all I'm telling you. We talked about it last week. I'm not going to re-go through that sermon. But when you are a friend of the world, it puts you at enmity with God. And if you're going to get right with God, you're going to have to decide that I love you, Jesus, more than these. More than these people, more than these fish, more than these, whatever it is that's holding you back, whatever it is that's calling you back, you must resolve what you truly love. What you notice thirdly, not only must you remember from whence thou art fallen, and not only must you resolve what it is that you truly love, but number three, you must relinquish your pride. Because if you remember, one of the big problems that we dealt with Peter was his pride. And the truth is this, that on the sea of Tiberias, on the shores of Tiberias in John 21, we find a much different Peter. After the denial we find a much different Peter than we met before the denial. Do you remember Peter before the denial? Let's look at it. Go to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. Matthew 26 and verse 31, the Bible says this. It should be fairly easy to find first book in the New Testament. Remember Peter before the denial? Matthew 26. Remember Jesus tried. Jesus tried to warn Peter. And Luke 
we read that Jesus said, Satan had desired to have thee, that he might sift you as wheat. In Matthew 26 and verse 31, the Bible says this, Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. Before Jesus was arrested, he warned them all. He said, All of you are going to be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. And notice the first Peter, the Peter before the denial, the Peter before the failure, the prideful Peter. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Do you understand what Peter just said? Jesus, the creator of the universe, just said, All of you shall be offended. And Peter basically says, Jesus, you know what? I, you, I don't think you know me. He says, you might be right about all these guys. Bunch of losers. They're going to quit with me later on anyway. He says, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter saith unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. And I want you to understand, the Peter before the denial, the Peter before the the, the, the rest of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ, the burial of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, that Peter thought he knew better than Jesus. Do you understand that? Jesus said, all of you are going to deny me. Not me. You must not know me, Jesus. You must not know. You, You think you know me, but you don't know. I'll die with you. Now let's notice the Peter after. Go to John 21. Look at verse 15. The Peter after now is a much humbler, is that the right way to say it? Peter. John 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, and I want you to notice these words, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. And I want you to notice it's a different Peter. Before Jesus said, you're going to deny me, Peter. No, not me. All these guys might deny you, but you must not know. You don't know anything, Jesus, because I would never deny. And now Peter is saying, you know. Thou knowest that I love thee. Notice verse 16. He saith to him again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And the Bible says Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time. And I think it's interesting that Peter denied Christ three times. And now Jesus asked Peter three times, you love me, Peter? Do you love me? And I want you to notice the response of Peter, much different from the Peter we saw before the denial. Verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto me, don't miss these words, Lord, thou knowest all things. You know me, you know how I respond, you know how I react, you know everything about me. Thou knowest all things. Thou knowest 
that I love thee. Amen. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. And here's all I'm telling you. Here's all I'm telling you. When you get right with God, you must relinquish your pride. You must realize that the Bible knows better than you. God knows better than you. Jesus knows better than you. Jesus knows what you'll do before you do what you do. He knows everything. And all I'm telling you is on the other side, on the other side of the, of the failure and on the other side of the denial, we find a Peter who's much different. The old Peter said, I know better than you. The new Peter says, thou knowest all things. You know everything. And if you ever get right with God, you will need to relinquish your pride. You have to stop trying to tell God what you'll be willing to do and how many nets you'll be willing to put down. And just say, I get it, God. I surrender. I'd like you to notice fourthly tonight. Verse 18, the Bible says, Very verily I say unto thee, when thou was young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Here's point number four. So how do you get right with God? Well, number one, you must remember from whence thou art fallen. Jesus did this very creatively by reconstructing the miracle that brought Peter into the ministry. And you must resolve what it is that truly matters to you. What is it that you actually love? And Jesus brought this out by asking Peter three separate times, Lovest thou me, Peter? Lovest thou me more than these? You must relinquish your pride. And we see Peter come to that place in his life when he says, he no longer says, I know more. But he says, thou knowest all things. Here's a fourth step. To get right with God, you must repent and get back to the first works. Notice verse 19. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And I want you to notice the invitation of Christ, the same invitation he gave Peter three plus years ago. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. He says, Peter... The invitation is still open. But if you knew what I'd done, he said, I know what you've done. But if you knew where I've been, Jesus says, I know where you've been. But if you knew, if you were there, if you knew that I, and Jesus says, I know, and Peter says, I know you know, thou knowest all things. And Jesus says, Jesus says, follow me. I still want you to follow me, Peter. I still want you to get back, Peter. Verse 20, then Peter, turning about, See, it's the disciple whom Jesus loved following. And I love verse 20 because it shows us that Peter is still Peter. Still talks a little bit too much. Still puts his foot in his mouth. Still a little too curious about things. Peter turns around and he says, man, I'm, am I the only one that's getting picked on here? He looks around and he says, and he sees uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved following. And by the way, this is John. This is the only one that did not depart. This is the only one that did not deny. This was the only one that was not offended. This was the only one that had the guts to stand at the cross while Jesus died. And Peter looks and says, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, what is, which is he that betrayed thee? Peter saith, seeing him, talking about John, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Because Jesus just told Peter, Jesus just told Peter, Peter, listen, I want you back. You can follow me. You can get right. It's okay that you failed. It's okay that you denied. It's okay that you quit on me and you went back to the world. You can keep following me and you can come back. And Peter says, what about him? He never quit. Verse 22, Jesus said unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? 
said, Peter, stop worrying about everybody else. Here's the invitation. Follow thou me. He says, just come back. Just return. You say, is repentance needed for salvation? The only thing you need for salvation is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But after salvation, please know this, eternal security teaches that Jesus will always extend the invitation, follow me. Even after I quit, even after you quit. Even after I sin, even after you sin. Even after I fail, even after I deny, even after I depart, even after I bring a bunch of people with me, Jesus says, even then, follow me. Follow thou me. I'm not sure if you kept your place in Revelation chapter 2. If you'd go back there real quickly. Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. How do I get right with God? Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5, the Bible says this, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. But that's not enough. Remember, Peter, how it was, where it was, when you came to the place where you realized, Depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. He says, that's not enough. He says this, and, and repent. And do the first works. He said, go back to what you were doing before. And Jesus says to Peter, just follow me. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent. And do the first works. So if you ever find yourself backslidden, you ever find yourself and you've quit on God, you've denied, you've departed, you've failed, you've embarrassed yourself, you're ashamed. Just know that Jesus always extends the invitation. All you need to do is remember how it used to be. And you must resolve and decide, I don't love these fish. I don't love this world. I'm not going to forsake God for this junk. I truly love Jesus. You must relinquish your pride. You must quit trying to tell God what you will and will not do and just say, Lord, thou knowest all things. I learned that the hard way, Peter says, thou knowest all things. And then you must simply just repent and get back to the first works. And here's all I'm telling you. Here's all I'm telling you. Jesus will always be standing at the shore saying, follow me. Follow thou me. The invitation is always there. He'll never leave thee or forsake thee. So why don't you get back to how it used to be? Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the Bible. And Lord, thank you for these stories. You've given to them to us as an ensample that we might learn from them. And Lord, the truth is that whether we actually quit church or quit soul winning, we all get backslidden from time to time. Lord, I pray that you would help us like Peter to go through these steps and get back to you. And Lord, we thank you for eternal security. We thank you that you will never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you that you will always be standing. You will always be standing saying, don't worry about anybody else, Peter. Follow thou me. Lord, I pray if there's anybody in this room, maybe none of us even know it, but in their heart, they're backslid. I pray that today would be the day that they go through these steps and get right with you. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen.